Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us again for the Lead Defend podcast, where we talk about apologetics and leadership. And today we have the Warren Gassaway, um, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, parents and how relationships between students and parents, especially as that changes as we get into to college. And you know, you're a parent yourself, but you're also somewhat of, of, of a dad to all of us student pastors oh, here man. within the convention. Shots and we, we are a really bunch. Daddy Warren. Dad. Interesting. <laughs> so Warren serves uh, doing uh, student ministry for the state of Arkansas, really, on the Evangelism Church Health Team with Arkansas Baptists. And uh, Warren, you've got a lot of interesting things about your life. You were a broadcast journalism major, if I remember correctly. I didn't know that. I actually ended up in television as an English major. Oh, yeah, yeah. interesting. But Warren was also at the 1994 National Championship game yeah. when the Razorbacks won. Yeah. Yeah, so I was in band. Yep. I played trombone. All right. I haven't seen a trombone in 15 years, but <laughs> I did play one in band for a couple of years just to go to the game. Sure. I kind of want to bring one to our next Bring it, youth and we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah, it would be lovely. And so as we were closing out 93, we were in Barnhill Arena, yep. and that's when Corliss, Scotty, and all those guys were coming on. And then in 94, we opened up Bud Walton, and that's when we uh, won the national championship. So I was at the national championship game in Charlotte, and it's actually a really cool part of my testimony. I had an experience with God there where he just showed me, is this really the pinnacle? And it's not. It's with Jesus. Wow. Being with Jesus is the pinnacle. That's incredible. Now, uh, most of you weren't born until after that, so you heard the legend, the lore. I have no idea. Um, But but here's the thing, Warren, that that is really impressive to me, And, and really I look up to you for this. You were an incredible father, and your kids would all say that to a large degree. Um, they're probably not going to listen to this, and so they're probably not going to retweet it and be like, oh, yeah, my they dad's awesome, all that stuff. They will but, now. <laughs> but, yeah. but here's the thing. I think that you can give us some perspective for students and how they relate to their parents. Mm. So you have children now who yeah. uh, one's a senior in college, one's a recent college grad the last couple of years, and one is just starting college. That's and so right. in all those transitions, it really – it really changes how a kid relates to their parents from high school as they grow in maturity and independence and responsibility into college and then beyond college. And so as a parent, what is helpful in those transitions? Um, Yeah. You know, I think about communication channels to begin with. Yeah. And I'm wondering where the breakdown is in communication channels, because, you know, we've been blessed in our family is in that we've had great open communication. Sure. Yeah. Like, um, you know, our kids have heard stories from us Mm. and I think, you know, that's so important for parents to be storytellers Yeah. Yeah. to go back into those days. I mean, my kids will tell you about me coming into the room at night and laying on their bed for, you know, prayer time, story time, whatever. And I would always tell them stories about when uh, I was growing up. Yeah. And uh, I think when they hear, you know, the vulnerability and the transparency of some of those things that I experienced as a child and then as a teenager, they that allowed them to feel comfortable in opening up communication channels. Like my dad is real. He's not always the rule maker. He's not always the 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 wise, you know, figure are supposed to be that way. You know, there's there's some realness to humanity there. Yeah. And so communication channels I think is a big deal. And I don't know why that ends up being a struggle 
for yeah. some families. I, I don't I just have no, no. But I think you're right about that. It, it certainly does. And and I'm thinking especially as a, a a student graduates high school and then goes to college. Like the whole concept of helicopter parenting yeah. is a pretty new thing. Where oh, parents are just so involved and long to be so involved in their their kid's mm-hmm. life. And so, how have you found that a, a kid can communicate with their parent to the extent that it alleviates some of the pressure maybe for a parent to feel like they have to helicopter. Yeah, I, I think, you know, one thing is if kids are able to express their fears. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of kids, for some reason, keep all of that bottled up inside. And I'm not sure. a psychologist or I, I don't do family counseling or anything like that. I just understand that there is a degree of separation when we are not allowed to express this is all of us yeah uh, not allowed to express our fears in some way and so I think it starts there the anxieties that especially teenagers are walking through being able to open up and and not have a parent immediately want to fix that yeah because that goes to your helicopter question there yep because that's what us parents want to do we don't want our kids to walk through tough times so we're trying to fix that look Sometimes there's going to be failure, and sometimes there are going to be things that we just, we're not supposed to fix. Mm, we're yeah. just supposed to journey together and figure it out. So what's the result? What's the detriment if parents don't allow room for their kids to fail? Yeah, fear of failure. Uh, the failure quotient is this, is that if you are never allowed to work your way through failure, hmm. you get to a point where you do not know what it's like to fail, what it means to fail. and the unconditional love that remains even in the midst of failure. Wow. So my kids have gone through many, many failures. We've worked through and walked through all of those things, but the unconditional love remains. So when they get older and understand that failure is a part of life, anxiety is a part of life, stress is a part of life, I think that there is a a less stress and anxiety because a, an unconditional love has been modeled for them. So, yeah. so are you saying you would rather them experience those fail, have have room to experience those failures, those anxieties, yeah. while you can still shepherd them through it, yeah. so that they're not facing it when they're out on their own for the first time by themselves. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think so many of us as parents, we take on the mantra of trying to fix so much. Mm. I don't know why society has created that environment where we are supposed to fix everything but that mm. that's just not life yeah. that is not life you guys know we, yeah. we get to a point where man you're going to walk through tough stuff so mm. so I, I think that's a big part of it the fear quotient and then you know students having the ability to uh to be real in who they are and make change along yeah. the way we some somehow we as parents kind of pigeonhole our kids into identity Mm. in their young ages especially it may be a career that they've expressed interest in and all of a sudden we're championing that to all of our friends you're like yeah you should be that doctor yes (laughs) yeah my kid's going to be a pharmacist when he grows up he's already declared that at sixth grade (laughs) come on now your kid can't even count to 50 (laughs) 
in sixth grade, Brock, I, I, Listen, you should be able to get the video. I have, I have those kids in my youth group. <laughs> <laughs> Junior high ministry, man. <laughs> so, you know, we take those little snippets yeah. that our kids express interest in, and all of a sudden we're mm. casting identity onto our children. Wow. And we are the ones that maintain that for them and don't allow change. And here's the fact. It's going to change. Yeah. Yep. My kids have changed majors. I changed majors in college. It's just a thing. The stats say that this generation is going to change careers, get this, 17 times. Wow. I've not heard that one. 17 that times. Stressful. Wow. It is stressful. It is. No wonder but so look at the world. It stresses me out just thinking about it. I know. Yeah. yeah. So it change is going to be a major part of society moving forward. So if we as parents, and I guess I'm approaching this more from the, the parent angle, if, if, but, but kids need to have this conversation with Yeah, they parents. need to know that. Look, yeah. yeah. Go to your parents and say, I'm thinking about this, but I don't know. It could change. Mm-hmm. Have those open and honest conversations so that there's not an identity that is cast. So let's yeah. switch to the idea of the, the student for a second. So you've got students going to college. Some listening are still in high school, but they're probably getting ready to go to college. The Bible says, honor your father and mother. How do you do that as a college student? You're not living under your parents' roof anymore. Legally, you're an adult. You know, is there a is there a you know clause where you know once you're a certain age, you don't have to honor them anymore? What if you disagree as a as an independent adult? How how do you do that well? Yeah, there's a transition that happens for sure, especially when they actually physically leave the home. Yeah, and uh, now now you're you're as a parent moving into more of a counselor, almost more of a wise friend type of mode, but at the same time, there's all sorts of responsibilities that remain. And so kids have to take a look at this and go, okay, practically speaking, just on a practical level, Mm -hmm. I know that you, you went biblical on me. (laughs) And so I I can't back this up biblically. I don't think I might could get into some proverbs, but if, if, if a child remains under, I'm just saying it, man, uh, an insurance policy, a, a cell phone bill, if there's help in paying for car, yeah. if there are financial obligations, there just needs to be an understanding that parents are going to still speak into yep. Yep. Uh, their lives and how they're doing that. I, I mean, my money I've is got an still investment. being get, invested yeah. in that child. And if that's the case, then I'm going to speak into some of how life yep. is going and how that's being utilized. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, Hey, I got a great plan for you. <laughs> Go find a job, do it on your own. Try it yourself. Well, but I think that's helpful for students to hear because yeah. they're like, I don't understand why my, my mom or dad thinks they can have this say in things. There's still a say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so, so tell me this, Warren, um, and you're, you're a father, but your wife, Melissa, uh, of course, is close to all your children. Yeah. And, and y'all have had kids that have done college really three different ways, mm-hmm. living on campus, living on campus far away from home, living at home, going to school. And so uh, how has that been different interacting with, with you know, uh, that's, students and parents? That's interesting because um, every student that's listening to this that has siblings, they probably realize this by now. But if you take a quick look at your family, even though raised under the same roof, two, three children, whatever the case may be, siblings, you know, even, you know, mixed family, mm-hmm. blended family type situations, every student is going to have their own personality, his yep. or her own per- personality. And, and what's going to happen as they flesh this out, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, whatever, is that they're going to have 
like this this personality that comes to life in the midst of making these decisions on where they're going to go to school, how those living arrangements are going to be set up. So take, for instance, my daughter. She's 18. She just graduated high school. She's now, like you say, started a nursing program at UCA. And, and she is a very vocal, very effervescent personality, doesn't yeah. meet strangers, loves to talk, that kind of thing. Well, she lives at home. And I'm okay with that because I know she's going to be okay going to campus. She's going to be involved in BCM. She's going to be super involved in all the church work. She has channels to where she can make relationships. Now, yeah. what's interesting is, is I have a very quiet son, a guy who just, man, he, he's okay being in the background. He's, he's my man's man. I mean, he's just a guy that just loves to be to himself. Yeah. Um, he moved away for college. And I think the Lord orchestrated that because yeah. it forced him into some friend relationships, getting out, getting to know people. And uh, God used that. So personality has a lot to do with those situations. But yeah. we, I think that's the way we've navigated it is we have never said to our kids, you got to be the same. Let each of them kind of grow into who they are. Wow. That's really healthy. What are some things as a parent that you love hearing from your kids? Mm-hmm. And what are some things as a parent that your wife loves hearing from the kids because those are two very different things. Well, with uh, a 25-year-old and a 21-year-old, we just love hearing from our kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and those are guys who tend yeah. to communicate less frequently. Exactly. Call that's your mom right. back. That, that's it, you know. And so, uh, and I would encourage, you know, kids that are kind of launching out and, they're man, they've gained that independence. Man, give your mom a call every yeah. once in a while. Shoot her a text. I'm feeling yep. just, real guilty just do right it. now. Give just, me a second. <laughs> just do it on your own. Yeah. Don't wait for a prompting. Wow. Because, uh, you know, there's been a lot of investment there uh, along the <laughs> way, and so it's good. But, yeah, I think I love hearing, of course, you know, my love language is, is different from some, but I love one of my guys to, to shoot me a text and say, Hey, let's go to a concert together. Like yeah. Need to Breathe. Yeah. We just did this the other night. There you right? go. We're, so, Megan and I, my wife and I, we were leaving the Need to Breathe concert at the amp up in Walmart. And yep. I was like, it's Papa Warren. <laughs> we so, got a big hug. So here's what's funny, though. I give you a hug. We're walking away. And Megan looks at me. She didn't know you had two sons. She has only met Ethan. She goes, did his son, like, lose a ton of weight? <laughs> and she was so concerned Cause, for him. Because Tyler is a stick. She was so concerned that he was sick or something. And uh, so, no, we ha- I had to laugh about that. I was like, Bro, two sons. And, I, and I cannot wait to tell Ethan and Tyler that story. That is gonna be, that's going to be awesome in our family. Yeah, that's going to be the Thanksgiving discussion. Just yeah. so you all know, one of the boys is a D lineman or offensive lineman? Offensive lineman. He's offensive awesome. lineman. Yeah. And uh, the other is not. No, no, he's a bird-boned dude. And, you know, just uh, them saying, hey, I want to spend time with you. Yeah. Carving out that opportunity is huge and then you know um, my my daughter is a gift giver mm. and that's she loves it she wow. loves giving gifts does and she have to so, use your money to buy those gifts? no that's it they're they're all kind of working <laughs> independently go. on their own and here's so it's it's weird i'm telling you your parent it freak out your parents by doing this give them a gift just out of the blue wow just do something like that because we are so used to giving it's really difficult to receive. Yeah. It's yeah. hard for me. Yeah. Like, I don't want my kids spending money on me. I'm, mm. That's my job. I've done yeah. that. But, man, when they do, there is something about that 
I, I, I know we're talking about money here and material things, not everything, but, but man, there's just something about that that goes, I am so proud yeah. of my kids and having the ability to look out and love others lavishly. Yeah. That's a big deal. Man, I, I know none of us are perfect parents. No. I'm learning that. I've got a six month old at home. I got a two, almost three year old, goodness sakes, at home. Um, I think some people would listen to what you're saying. We have some students that would listen to what you're saying and say, like, you're a good dad. None of us are perfect. You're a good dad. I don't have that. Like, my, my relationship with my parents, like, it's not great. They don't have that relationship with me. Maybe close this off. Give a word to that student who's, who's struggling to really honor their mom. Yeah, because they can't control their, their parents, but they no. can control how, how exactly. they treat the relationship. Exactly. I, 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 okay, I'm going to give you the word. Yeah. In just a second. Give me a second to get there. Yep. My dad was a professional musician. He toured the world. He Trombone. <laughs> much cooler than that. Fiddle. That's incredible. <laughs> I didn't know this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there are 13 musicians in both the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Country Music Hall of Fame. And my dad played with one of those guys on the list. Wow. World changer type of musician, you know. Uh, Anyway, you wouldn't know the name, but he I've been on George Strait's tour bus. I've been backstage with Willie Nelson. I mean, it's okay. So he All spent the good stuff. He spent so much time away from home. Yeah. So we had a broken relationship. Yeah. Okay? And not only that, living a road life in music, he struggled with a lot of issues. Yeah. Uh, I honor my dad. I love my dad. The last few years of his life was phenomenal, but our relationship growing up extremely difficult so you say today man good dad okay maybe that category I don't know that I am but but you say that I had an entirely different experience like it was rotten to the core okay so my wife and I when Jesus saved us and transformed our lives which is what he does and redeemed so much of who we are we made a commitment and I think that there are students out there who may be even listening to this who need to make this commitment as well. Hmm. No matter what background you have, break the cycles. Hmm. You can break cycles of what you grew up in. You can craft a new narrative for your family movement. I'm telling you, through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the newness that he brings, you can absolutely create a brand new story for your family because God's grace has done that for my life and for my wife who has an entirely different testimony, but again, broken. Mm -hmm. And somehow God has brought all of that together and by his grace, given us something that is, I mean, it's a gift. Wow. We're just going to leave it at that. I was about to say, that's, that's good. Call your mom. Till next time, this has been Lead Defend. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.